Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 180 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is top tips from screenwriting. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the tippity-top, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? Oh, relieved. I think the answer is relieved, if you wanted a one-word answer. Flight plan is with the editor. Wow. That deadline? <laughs> that deadline was not a fun deadline. Has, has there ever been a fun deadline in the history of fun deadlines? Let me know. Some deadlines are a little hairier than others. Some okay. where I'm like, you know, I finished like a day early or whatever. Um, so yeah, so this deadline, it was this past Monday. <laughs> I had to get up that Monday at, I was at my desk at 4 a.m. because I had to read the final couple chapters that uh, Miranda had worked on until 1.30 in the morning. So I had to um, get up and read them and, you know, make a few tweaks here and there. And then I sent it off by 6 a.m. to my uh, editor. So, yes, that was a really tight one. That was a tight one. We spent so many hours in the last few days. Um, we were putting in 14, 15-hour days. So it was not a fun one. It was kind of brutal, actually. And then I kind of forgot that I started work at 4 a.m. that day. So I worked till 2 p.m. And then I called Miranda and I was really proud with myself. I'm like, gosh, I am quitting. It is 2 p.m. I am taking a half day. This is amazing. I can't believe it. And she's like, you work 10 hours. You're in overtime. What are you talking about? And I'm like, what? Oh, I... And then I completely had forgotten it. I'm like, but it's still like super sunny out. And I felt like I was just, you know, living the life by quitting work at 2 p.m. after starting at 4 so yeah, that was not a fun one. I will admit it wasn't a fun one, but it is now with the editor and I don't have to think about it for hopefully two weeks. Hopefully I do not get it back early. Hopefully I get two weeks without flight plan in my brain. That would be nice. Yeah, please, TB's editor, do not get back early. Do not say, hey, I got this done a little bit of her schedule. It's the thing that no writer wants. I mean, we say we do. We say we do. And, um, it's always, you know, but yeah. You just need that break, otherwise no. you're going to break. Anyway, um, by the way, doot doot. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. So, um, in other news, there is no rest for the weary. I am uh, working on another co-write with Adrian. We are almost done with the first draft of the co-write. And then Miranda and I are plotting the next paranormal mystery. And in I'm also working on the next big sale for iHeart Sapphic. The sale is running uh, May 25th through May 29th. This podcast comes out before then, right? <laughs> this podcast, yes, it comes out uh, next week, which it will come out like on yeah, the, the 23rd, 24th, something like that? I think the 22nd, actually. 22nd. Um, there I you go. 22nd is Monday. So, um, yeah, so, yes, I won't be able to put a link to the sale in the uh, show notes, but if you... And I remember on May 25th, there's going to be quite a few books on sale on iHeartSafic. So if you want to stock up your e-readers, please stop by and take advantage of the sale. Um, since I did have such a, a unfortunate, hairy experience with Flight Plan, I haven't gone on any adventures in the past two weeks, which is another thing I'm missing. I like to go for my weekly adventures and do something fun. But I did start watching um, 
Queen Charlotte on Netflix. It's another uh, Chandra Rhymes story. It's based on the Bridgerton. Uh, it's Bridgerton adjacent. Like there's certain characters in Bridgerton that are in it, but I think it's the like story from Queen Charlotte. So it's before the Bridgerton world set in place and everything. Um, I have to admit, Rhymes is a master at hooking people. Like, has she taught classes? Um, she did a well, she did one of those writing master classes that they have on remember that master class um yeah I might have to get that one because yeah. um this this story is I didn't I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it but it was at the this is how like my week's gone so when I logged into Netflix it was at the top and I was too tired to scroll to look for something else and I was like okay click and so I'm glad I did it's sexy it's angsty it's funny it's addictive. Yeah, she's she's kind of a pro at that, isn't she? She knows what the fuck she's doing, does Shonda? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think that was one of the uh, masterclasses I wouldn't mind doing. I did the James Patterson one on um, writing, and you know it had some little morsels in it. But like with any of these things, I don't remember them. I don't remember any of it. Um, I could probably watch it again, but um, life's life's too short, isn't it? I'm gonna go to Shonda Rhimes instead. I'm yeah. gonna go to someone who has hooked me on several shows. I never watch Grey's Anatomy. I always get overwhelmed when I'm like, oh, I should watch that to see how she because it, that show's still going. But then I'm like, it's like 18 seasons. I don't know if I have enough time left in me to watch all 18 seasons. <laughs> could you could you uh, get through the entirety of Grey's Anatomy before you die? It's a question that we all have to ask ourselves. Um, I think. I loved Grey's Anatomy, but I haven't watched it from the start, and I stopped watching it about I don't know five six years ago. I don't know why. I just yeah, is it? It's a big commitment. That's the thing, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's almost like a. Um, are any daytime soaps still on? I know some of them are on in um, in in Britain. Like, is EastEnders still on and Coronation Street and all those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, but I would like to now that you've mentioned that she has a masterclass, I will look into that because. Um, I want to learn from her. Also, I admire all she's done as well. I mean, an, a woman of color who has really put her stamp on culture and with the Bridgerton series and Queen Charlotte and everything. It's just lovely, lovely to see um, diversity. So It is. It absolutely is. And um, if you're going on holiday uh, this year, Shonda, and you need a book to read, uh, do pick up one of mine because that's how she found Bridgerton, wasn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Or, or, or any sapphic fiction book. Uh, other sapphic fiction books are available, especially those by T.B. Markinson, right? Right? Well, I do have Julia Quinn, who is the author of Bridgerton. Um, her sister is the one who designed my website, so I have a, I'm have a little closer to Shonda you than you are. Oh, you are. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Smug look on yeah. T.B.'s face. Yeah. yeah. In, in your fucking one face, Lydon. <laughs> one step away from instant success, yeah said no one ever but, um, it would be hard to get uh well i guess you know there was the orange is the new black right that was a book that then kind of crossed over into mainstream with the tv series so i guess it happen but it's not usual it's not what especially with all the money drying up and then the writer strike i don't know how many uh, new addictive series are going to be coming our way anytime soon because they don't want to pay their writers well um yvonne and i are just li- uh listening watching firefly lane uh which is fantastic really really good series on netflix very uh strong female centered characters uh front and center and that was a book 
because I put it in my newsletter and one of my readers wrote in and said that the book is amazing too. So uh, that that's one. But I don't think that has been as big, obviously, as Orange is the New Back or Bridgerton. But um, we're really enjoying that. Well, that was another one Netflix recommended. So uh, maybe I'll start that one next. So that's my life. I've just been working my fingers to the bone over here and not doing a lot. So uh, very exciting right now. I'm a very exciting person. So what's going on? Do you have some excitement to share, hopefully, so the readers don't fall asleep on us? <laughs> As always, TV, I'm the one bringing the fun and excitement uh, it to this one. Although I have also been working quite a lot. So I know you'll be shocked. Um, when I say working, I'm really, really, really back in the writing swing. So I'm getting like two or three thousand words a day cranked out. Uh, I'm back. I'm into the swing of uh, the project I'm working on. So that's nice. It feels good to be back. Uh, and the project I'm working on is in a hot and sunny place. So it's also nice spending my days on the beach drinking cocktails, even if it is just fictionally uh, speaking. So that's lovely. Um, and yeah, so so yeah, I, I've just been doing that um this this week i've also commissioned a hot shop in audiobook so i was gonna i was playing toying around thinking i might uh employ abby craden for it because this one's got an american uh lead one of the leads is from the us of a but she couldn't do it in the time frame she's pretty busy is abby with uh, all her projects she's a very very popular narrator and i wanted to get this one done um, for the Women's World Cup for when it come, it, for when that happens. And so I know I've left it a bit late. I know I kind of forgot it. It just fell off my radar. But I've managed to get uh, the woman that did it. started with a kiss for me. She's going to get it all done and dusted by mid-June. So hopefully then I will be able to get, get it out by the end of July, which is when the Women's World Cup is. So hurrah. So um, yeah, so I've commissioned that this week. So that's really good. In other news, uh, I am, well, we are, we are, me and TB are going to Vegas, baby. So shout out for anyone else who wants to come to Vegas to the 20, 20 books to 50K conference. Tickets are still available, um, especially if you're in the US, it's not so far to go. Uh, and, you know, it'd be great to get a sapphic fiction group going, wouldn't it? Uh, there's already, um, there's already a load of us going. So um, if you're in the US and you are a self-published author, consider it. It's in November. Yes. Yes. And it, so it's in November in Vegas. So that means it's not going to be, hopefully, not in the triple digits. Also, since last time we spoke, um, there has been the South Coast Suffolk Hangout in Crawley, which was epics. We had a load of fun, actually. It was a big group of authors. Uh, and it was just really fab to chat and share and meet people. Um, because, you know, as we always say, this is a solitary job. So it's nice to come together and um, just share with other authors who know exactly what you get up to day to day so it was lovely to meet um again authors like lisa gold um melissa therese jen matthews um god i've forgotten everybody else who was there jordan kelly uh oh catherine blakeman met her for the first time um chloe keto uh ruby Rowe, Teresa perkis and loads of people so it was lovely to meet lots of people and we had dinner we shared dinners together we went out to gay bars together we danced together we went to a club with a smoke machine there was beer there was baby guinness and the day itself you know the actual event was fun too there was lots of uh sugar laden treats lots of tea and coffee being served and um, the good thing was I sold the most books I've ever sold at an in-person event, 
even though the event was competing with the coronation of Prince Charles or now King Charles. So um, that's really good news. Uh, so thank you to Claire Heighton Stevenson for organising. But the sad part about it was Claire got COVID and so couldn't come on the actual day. So um, I, I have chatted to her since she is better. But thanks again, Claire. And um, hopefully, you know, next year will be bigger, better more readers coming along to support it because I know this year it ha had the coronation to uh, contend with so probably um, a few people who wanted to come didn't come authors and readers next year bigger and better hopefully yes yes and uh, poor Claire I imagine um, it's a lot of work and then not even to see it come to fruition was a bit frustrating but um, I'm glad to hear that Claire is feeling better Claire is absolutely lovely human being so if you're listening Claire hi glad hi. you feel better yeah and also we had the Eurovision Song Contest since uh, we last chatted which was incredible that was last weekend it was a fabulous night of singing and uh, Europe yeah united through music was the tagline and I did feel like that two Scandinavian countries Finland and Sweden were the two top ones uh, but Sweden just about pipped Finland but if I could, uh, if I could give my vote to one of them, I'd have probably given it to Sweden because, um, you know, lady, lady singing in sexy outfit rather than man with a bare chest. It's got to come down to that in the end, hasn't it, TV? I would have came down to it for all people because that's encouraging for us. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to get a lot more sapphic fiction readers? <laughs> I think, uh, I think authors and uh, pop stars. There's a little bit of a difference there. In fun news, or I don't know if it is fun news, this weekend I'm off to Spurs, so by the time this comes out on Monday it'll have happened, but Tottenham are doing the very first double header men's and women's match on Saturday. So uh, my wife and I have got tickets for the last game of the season against Spurs against Brentford men. And then if you stay there, for an hour and a half later, the women play Reading. So it's the first time that this has ever been done. So it's really encouraging that they're doing it. I think it's a great idea. However, there is the possibility that I might see Spurs lose twice in, you know, four hours. So that is the downside. Will it be a happy day or will it be a sad day, TV? They have, at least for the men, I have not followed the women. Um, the men seem to be intent on blowing up what was supposed to be one of their better seasons in fantastic fashion. Fantastic fashion is the right thing to say. The women, they have to win this one to avoid relegation. If they don't win this one, it comes down to the last day of the season and they still could get relegated. So it's a big, big day for the women. It's much bigger for the women than the men. The men's season is over, so. They, they, they don't have a shot at all of being in the other tournaments or anything like that. We might get Europa Conference League, but who wants fucking Europa Conference League, frankly? Anyway, let's crash on. Comments, what you got? All right, so we have a comment from Louise Vetroff, um, who is a fellow author. I listened to your podcast with Claire Lydon, and I'm a huge fan. You both rock, and your voice, laughter, and jokes TV always raise my spirit and mood, so... Thank you very much for the lovely comment. We are glad you listened. We also got a comment from Amy. Amy um, says, I enjoy listening to your podcast about indie publishing. You're both very entertaining, and I love your sense of humor. Amy also had another comment. I think it was Amy had another comment asking about how to meet um, fellow authors. And so I, I suggested, uh, I said how I had met other authors by, you know, joining, like, Facebook groups, author Facebook groups, um, going to 
author events like Claire just went to one in uh, in Britain and uh, conferences, author conferences, uh, or reading conferences really too, um, it, within your genre and stuff like that. So yeah, you just kind of have to get a little creative to find other authors to connect with. I would start with like the Facebook groups, conferences. What other ways do we meet authors? Um, I think it's just that really, going go to conferences and just being, remembering that everybody there is, um, uh, what's the word? Terrified. 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 Terrified, <laughs> shy, I'm sure. Introverted. Well, it's all, it's, like it's like it's like that first day of high school when you don't know what's going to happen because like you, you've never been in that situation before but most everyone is having those same queasy feelings and um i mean you and i we met uh we met through i think a facebook group and then with via email and everything so when we met up for the pub the first time it was kind of like we already knew each other because we exchanged enough emails and everything so it kind of eased away a bit but um yeah it's it's one of those things when you have when you put yourself out there. It's never an easy feeling. No, and also you know if um, if there aren't sort of specific queer or sapphic meetups, um, a la GCLS or the South Coast Sapphic Hangout that I went to here, um, you, could, you could just go to a local writers group. I did that when I first started out. I joined a local writers group. I met some really nice people, um, and I, I used to go to a writers meetup in central London as well, which is just a general writers meetup. And again, now when I go to conferences, I know people from those groups. So don't think you just have to do queer because there be more few and far between. It's, it's just nice to get, meet up with authors. Um, because uh, they're going to know a lot of the stuff you're going through and they might also be the answer to some questions you might have and stuff like that. So I highly recommend getting, if you definitely want to go into the author career, making author friends. It does help. It does help. So uh, sadly, no coffee updates this week. Okay, I've got one comment uh, from JJ Arias who chimed in on the top 10 indie publishing tips uh, episode from last time around and she said her biggest peeve on the planet is indie authors who publish without professional editing and pro covers editing worst of all it's like opening a restaurant but serving raw food because you can't afford cooking equipment why would you expect anybody to pay for an unfinished product and she said fantastic episode unless you're serving sushi steak tartare <laughs> just that's, all, a, that's all defense I can come up with. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm thinking uh, it probably wouldn't be sushi grade uh, fish, right? Oh, These no, people would try and no. serve because that's pretty be, that's pretty expensive. So yes, I would not I would not just go to any restaurant and they are like I'm serve sushi and like eat it because um it could be deadly. <laughs> you really want someone that knows what they're doing. So yes, yes, I would have to agree with that. Yes, so thank you for your comment, uh, JJ, and all the other comments, and over to you, TB, for the main topic. One of my uh, goals this year was to read more writing craft books, so I've been, you know, ticking away on them. I, I've, I've, I think I've gotten two under, two under my belt this year so far, and uh, so when we were saying, what should we talk about next, I was like, you know what, I just finished Save the Cat by uh, Blake Snyder, and I can share some of the stuff I learned from that book. So um, Blake Snyder, um, Save the Cat is a book that a lot of writers turn to. It is now, it's it's for screenwriters, and there is a Save the Cat um, for novel writers, but it is not Blake Snyder who has uh, penned that one. Sadly, Blake Snyder died really young. <laughs> 
I, I found out after I finished it, I was like, oh, you know, is, uh, are there like more books in the um, pike coming along? So, um, and then I found out from his Wikipedia page that he died at 51. And I was like, wow, I'm almost 49. That sounds really young all of a sudden. <laughs> I just don't want to have to contemplate that we're reaching that age. So I'm going to go on to my tips for from screenwriting. So Blake uh, outlined 15 beats in uh that every movie uh should have now again this is set for screenwriters so you're gonna have to get a little creative when you're looking at this but it's 15 beats and it works very well for a novel yeah so i looked at my um my novella the setup and i was like well i wonder how close i hit these beats now i had not read uh save the cat and if you're curious what the title means um it it doesn't have to do with the beats but it has to do with actual the craft of writing. So he says, save the cat. So what you want is, even if you have a very unlikable character, you still need to have one likable thing about them. Like, it could be like a terrible human being, but does he help a, a, a cat who's stuck in a tree or something like that? You have to give them something that makes the reader want to cheer for this uh, this person, this character. So you, they have to save the cat. So that's the, that's the reason behind that title. But uh, we're going to go into the beats. So I did look at the setup, and I was like, I wonder how close I got. So, anyways, I'm just going to go through all 15 of them. I know it sounds like a lot, but they're pretty short. Um, the first, obviously, is the opening image. Now, he's talking about a movie, but in a novel, you also have to have an opening image. It has to be a vivid scene that will pull your reader right into the story. So when I looked at the setup, it opens with uh, Rory. It's her first day in London. She's just moved there from the U.S., and she's extremely excited. So... You pulled her right. You, you pulled the reader right into the story with that opening image. Like, what's going to happen now? The next um, step, the next point, is the theme is stated. So you're you're introduced to the central theme or lesson of the story. What is your character going to learn and or discover throughout this story? Rory is dead set. Um, she's there for two years in London. She's transferred for work, and she's dead set that her time in London is going to be all about getting to know London. She has, it's going to be working and it's going to be London and she has no time for anything else. And if you're reading my book, you know, it's a romance and you know, I am going to turn that upside down as soon as possible. <laughs> she cannot just go sightseeing in London. She has to fall in love. Otherwise it is not a romance. Yeah. Sorry, Rory. You've stumbled into the uh, wrong book here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I had she, to ruin her world. She needed well, some next. literary fiction so that nothing would happen to her. So the next one is the setup, the um, hero. Now, again, if you're writing a romance, I'm just going to use hero because um, I don't know if you're writing a mystery or a thriller or something like that. So if you do write romance and you hear thriller, uh, think main character, love interest, stuff like that. So the hero, you have to introduce the hero in the ordinary world. What's their life like? Kind of plant little seeds of how you're going to shake that up. Just picture a glass of water and you're just going to dump that water all over the place and see where everything falls. Rory is setting out and she's excited to walk through Notting Hill and she's meeting a friend for coffee and the only thing she can think of right now is how is she going to get the most out of her two years in London all about London. So next you need the catalyst. That's something that's going to set the story in motion. What happens to put the character on that journey when Rory shows up to meet her friend from coffee for coffee that she met a few years ago. Her friend is British um, and surprise, her friend has set her up on a date on her very first day in London with a woman who is uh, not 
most personable right away. Not the most personable, because, you know, I got to really mess with Rory's mind. So the next step is the debate. Your character has to uh, be hesitant. Do they want to take this action? Is this something they want? Are they going to fight it? So Rory is like, you know, trying to tell Imogen, because after uh, Jane introduces them, Jane gets up and rushes out of the cafe and leaves them alone. And so Rory at first is just like, you know, no, you don't have to stay. This is, you know, this is a setup. We, we can go our separate ways. You don't have to babysit me. And so they have to decide, are they going to go their separate ways? Or are they going to spend a day together and see what happens? So... So this is a in your setup book. Uh, it, this I'm guessing this is all like taking place in the first chapter. First two or three chapters. Yes. First two or three, yeah. So so all these like you know you, you you could say I could see all this taking place in the first chapter even you know like in other books. So you could say oh five a whole five points, but actually it's like that is the way to pull your reader in by packing these in to the start, mm-hmm. right? And yes, then you have a short amount of time to hook a reader. Yeah. very short especially these days like gone are the days where you like sit down and dig into like a book that has like 10 pages of description of the tree outside the character's window who has time for that these days nobody no one's got time for fucking trees tb nobody um yeah and also just remember you know we we assume if you're listening to this that you're probably writing genre fiction you may not be but i think probably 95 percent of our listeners are um, a lot of them are writing romance, but other genres are available. Uh, so, you know, especially in genre fiction, you have to be quick and you have to, you know, pull the reader in right away. If you're writing literary fiction, write about that fucking tree, but not in genre fiction. I'd, I'd be curious to see if a romance writer has ever sold a lot by writing about the all the description of the trees and such. But anyways, so now that you got the debate done, you're breaking into um, you're breaking into Act 2. Act two is usually uh, kind of two separate sections. I know we we base our stories on a three-act structure, act one, act two, and then act three, but act two is kind of two parts. (laughs) We kind of stretch it out. Act two is the longest part of any story, but we still call it act two because I think it makes, I just think it's easier to say a three-act structure instead of a four-act structure. I don't know why. So you're going to break into the second act. The hero takes up the challenge. And by this, Rory is finally admitting to herself she's intrigued by Imogen, and uh, Imogen might not not be as cold as she seemed right off the bat, so, you know, just going to test the waters. This is where you get the B story, the subplot of a a book. Um, So it's the stuff that kind of happens to the characters or characters that helps them along with their transition. Usually it's like another character like a side character who helps them to see what they're missing and such like that. This was a short novella, so um, I didn't have the luxury of having a secondary character. But when I started thinking about it, I did. It was London. London is my secondary character in the setup. And so by seeing London and everything, Rory is starting to see what she's missing with her mission just to get to know London. It's much better to get to know a place with a person with you isn't it it's better to have someone instead of being alone okay so the next act um or the next beat you want to hit is kind of the fun and games this is where the hero is in the throes of their challenge or journey this is so in the setup um they're exploring Notting hill they're having drinks in the pub they're getting to know each other it's the fun part um you see it in 
every romance movie you see it in every romance book this is the part where the, the characters i mean the readers get to see the characters start to fall in love and it's the it's, and it is fun in games to write is you know that you're gonna have to do the dark part soon <laughs> but at this point i just really like to sink into the story and just really kind of show the love coming to fruition what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I'm writing that at the moment in the project I'm doing, and um, it's a lot of fun to do it, especially because they're in a sunny place. You you know what's coming, like you said. <laughs> it's not far away. <laughs> but at this stage, um, it's just nice to put them in different situations. But do remember to change it up, and do you remember as well? I think one of the key things that I uh, know from reading screenwriting books is action. So don't just have your characters. I think... I think a lot of new writers, and I was very guilty of this, and still am. I always have to get my get my characters away from tables. <laughs> if I could, I'd have them all sitting at a bar or sitting at a table eating food. It's not very exciting. So um, have them doing other things. Just remember, action is your friend. Yes. And so then um, point nine, or the ninth beat you need to hit, is the midpoint. This is where the stakes are going to get raised in your story. So in the setup, Rory starts to realize that maybe being in London isn't just about sightseeing. Maybe there's something else her life has been missing up until this point. It's not just the excitement of London, but does she need or want someone to share with? So um, so that's the ninth beat. The tenth beat, um, this, doesn't, this is kind of a hard one to cram into a romance, but uh, according to Blake Snyder, it's bad guys close in. <laughs> So this is when things start going downhill for your main character. Um, it still works for a romance. I just didn't know how to title it differently. But it's when um, something's going to start tearing your couple apart. <laughs> so during this day, they're having like the perfect day. You know, they've like she's done an impromptu like kind of concert at Notting Hill where she was singing to people and stuff like that. And now all of a sudden Imogen is abruptly leaving the um circumstances and rory has no idea why so then the next beat is the all is lost which we know in as uh romance writers that you always need the all is lost and that's when things go from bad to worse now now that imogen has left her high and dry in the middle of Notting hill she needs to trek back to bayswater and now when she's walking back london doesn't seem so nice and shiny anymore <laughs> London seems kind of depressing and everything like that. So, you know, and then the next beat, 11, is the all is lost. I mean, no, the next beat is number 12 is the night, the dark night of the soul. We all have this, don't we? Mm-hmm. We and do. And romances. Yeah, they're faced with defeat. The hero must reckon with their loss and how they got there. Like, how did they fuck up? What did they do? How can they fix it? Rory is having... The, the friend who set her up comes over because she is shocked that things didn't go as well as thought, and so they, like, talk it out and everything. And this is when you break into Act 3. So so the Act 2, you had the B story, the fun and games in midpoint, and then the second part of Act 2, you have shit happens. They're, they're, they're apart now. They're sad. Everything's dark. They don't ever think they're going to experience happy, happiness. So we need to switch gears to Act 3 because we need to correct all of that and make sure we have them whole and happy by the end of the story so this is the third act and it's um, when you break into act three the hero realizes a truth that has been invading them all this time rory now realizes that uh, she wants love she wants to open up and have love in her heart 
it's not all just about work and uh, sightseeing. There is so much more, so much more to life, which as a romance we know is the romance. There's room in your heart for love. So the, the 14th beat is the finale where you're putting new awareness in, into action. The hero has now um, conquered whatever was plaguing them. They now get to reap the benefits of what story they've, their journey, the journey they've gone on. They get to reap the benefits and Imogen comes back into her life. Hurrah! They uh, have a fantastic night together and now, now they're happy, but you still have one more beat. You would think, wait, they're, they're together. Why do you need one more beat? It's the final image. It's the snapshot that mirrors or contrasts the opening image. Remember the first the setup opened up with uh, Rory excited that she landed in London and she didn't need anything in her life. She was just going to explore London and be all happy about that. Uh, the final image, um, she has now moved permanently to uh, London. She's no longer there on a two-year contract. She lives there permanently. She lives there with Imogen. And they are getting ready to go to Botswana on a vacation together. Now Rory is ready to not only explore London, but the entire world with the love of her life at her side. You brought me to tears, TB. The love of her life at her side. It's beautiful. I would recommend, like, before you start out, if you if you are a, a, a plotter, oh my gosh, I can only think of panther. I couldn't think of the other word. If you are a plotter, like, um, you can Google uh, Blake uh, uh, Snyder's uh, beats, uh, Save the Cat Beats, and there's many, many articles online. You don't have to read the book. I do recommend reading the book. It was quite entertaining, but you don't have to read it. But if you, like, sit down and write out, like, one or two sentences for each of those beats, the story will start to take shape in your head, and you can see if you're hitting the beats right. Like, are you in the right part of the action? And I know there are people who are going to scream, but that sounds so formulaic and la 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 la. You can add the creativity. You can bend the rules within the beat. You can um, flip things on their head and everything. But readers and moviegoers, they have storytelling has been around for a very long time, and people are uh, trained to expect certain things. And so, if you are able to hit the beats and everything like that, you have a bit higher chance of keeping your reader engaged. And if you want to uh, be one to rebel against it, uh, change the script, kind of stick with the, the structure, but change the script completely. But it is very hard to market a story that you've created that is so off track that it doesn't fit anything. It is very hard to sell something that no one's looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, and I'll add that uh, I've I've listened to a lot of podcasts on this, and I used to listen to that one with Tim Gruel, who did it with Stephen. Oh God, I've forgotten his name. What's his name? He's a big screenwriter guy. It will come to me anyway. But I remember them saying that uh, it, if you haven't got these beats, if you su submit a screenplay to Hollywood or anywhere that. Uh, you would submit a screenplay to if you don't have these beats they will not even read it they'll, they'll jump to 80% and if you haven't got uh, by 80% if you ha if something particular hasn't happened 
from the story structure, they'll just think you're an amateur and they won't read it. And it crosses over to books as well. The books that sell well are the ones that really hit these beats well, uh, but do it in their own style. Like it's your it's your writing voice that will come through. Bare bones of it, you've got to have this. Um, and you know, this is Blake Snyder's formula, but um, what's his bloody name? Stephen something, God. Because I've got his obligatory scenes uh, written on my board. So, and he had six obligatory scenes. The meat, the confession of love, the first kiss, um, sex if you're going to have it, lovers break up, proof of love, lovers reunite. Very basic, but it's basically the same structure. That was the romance beats. Um, there's also that other book, uh, Romancing the Beat by Gwen, yes. some, Gwen somebody or other. Um, Gwen Hayes. Gwen Hayes, there you go. Um, you know, all these, they're, they're all sort of variations of the, of the same thing. But I always think with screenwriting, we can take a lot from screenwriting because you have to do it uh, in a far more condensed and focused way than we get to do it in books. We have the luxury of words, screenwriters don't. Uh, so they have to get to the nuts and bolts of the, of the scene very quickly. So you can learn a lot from reading screenwriting books for sure. Yes, and it, it was interesting because, um, like I said, I had not read this. And so I was like, well, I'll just take the setup as an example because it was a short one I could breeze through really quickly last night when I was working on this and I was like well I, I kind of did hit it and I think a lot of people would kind of hit it because we have been told stories our entire lives like there is certain structure to stories like the people who like oh I used to love to go to pubs in um Ireland because everyone in Ireland just seems like a natural storyteller and they do they hit all the kind of the beats when they're just telling a story about their trip to the grocery store and it's very entertaining because they like are able to pull you in and everything so like but like Claire said there are other there are other methods out there this is just one that I have studied I do kind of take bits and pieces from others because I have read uh, Romancing the Beat by Gwen Hayes and I have read some other ones I think it was like my screenplay will beat up your screenplay stuff like that um so when you're when you're doing this when you're studying craft just make sure you cobble it in a way that works for you because everyone is different so cobble the uh, pieces of vice together that works for you but still i would i would caution you to uh not think so far outside of the box where you aren't hitting certain story beats the, um, these beats aren't revolutionary in any way i just liked how he summed them up in 15 and they were very quick descriptions in each one and you can just get through it absolutely yes and very well summarized thank you for taking the lead on this one tb um you're you're a pro that's what you are and uh yeah let us know what you think uh, about this is it something that you will be looking into more is it something you've already looked into uh, do you have a favorite uh, structure like a, a favorite book that you've read the structure in that you prefer because you know there's not it's not one fits all um, but you know they're all very similar anyway let us know uh, do let us know comment on the website lesbianswhowrite.com email us lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com twitter us at lesbianswhowrite and instagram me at clairefic and join us next time when we will be discussing um, I've got a topic do you want me to tell you what are the top things that writers spend far too much time worrying about? Top things that writers spend too much time worrying about. Yes. I would like my mind went to like five instantly. There you go. So we're going to talk about that next week and put your mind to rest and say to you, stop worrying everyone. All right, until then, keep writing, take care.
Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time. Thank you.